Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S t-o-l-k-i-e-n and instagram at tipples and tolkien so cozy up pour yourself a drink and come on a journey with us this fall on tipples and tolkien previously on set condition one i don't need your approval i do i need everyone's approval all the time action stations action stations set condition one throughout the ship this is not a drill. Repeat. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. Many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition One, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host, SC1 Actual Caleb, and joining me on the CIC is the XO Kitsy. Uh that's that's me. I um I I I was gonna I'm trying to open with a quote, a, a Colonel Ty quote from every episode, but it's been two weeks since I watched this one, y'all. So this is going to be a real interesting episode where I try to remember what the fuck actually happened in Battlestar Galactica this time. Anyway, and hi. the president of the podcast and the 12 colonies, Andrea. <laughs> Don't talk about me like I'm not right here. <laughs> um, we weren't. It's from the show that we watch every week. Before we begin. Andrea, are you okay? I know it's been a very long time since we've recorded. <laughs> I have watched this episode officially. Actually, I think tonight was number four. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I've watched this episode four times. I'm I'm so ready for a new Battlestar. So let's, maybe we can record this like um, at double time and then we'll just slow it down for everybody. Well, it sounds, it sounds to me like Caleb and I might not have all that much to say about this episode uh, <laughs> since neither of us rewatched it. Yeah, I watched it in preparation for a uh, recording session last week, which uh, didn't happen, and we won't get into why. Um, <laughs> but, Andrea, at least you can now say that you've watched this episode uh, close to as many times as we have. That's, That's actually <laughs> probably true. <laughs> I don't know that it makes me feel better, but, you know, it's... <laughs> Sorry. Granted, you're still on one single like pass through. You're just you're, you're catching up on individual episodes. And, this you was know. a good one to slow down with, though, because I noticed there were a few things that really kind of popped for me on this episode. I'm excited to talk about. Can uh, can I just say that the reason we couldn't record last week is because the Cylon virus was still fucking with our shit? Thank I you. Mean, yes, well, you can say that, and I won't say otherwise. <laughs> I mean, no one can prove that's not what happened. <laughs> Pretty sure that's true. Yeah. I mean, it was computer trouble, so for all we know. Listen, I said we weren't going to get into it. Well, (laughs) and here we are. And here we we are into it. 
into it. Just right into it. I'm over it. Oh, my oh, goodness. Oh, I get it. Yes. What is this left of the dial? <laughs> this is a crossover episode. <laughs> Every episode's a crossover episode. Uh, speaking of which, uh, if you're unfamiliar, uh, Second Edition One is part of the Night Shift Radio Media Network, which you can check out over at nightshiftradio.com. We've got a bunch of fine shows. Uh, in fact, we've got a couple more that are launching very soon. Uh, in fact, I think we're still ahead enough that by the time this show airs, uh, we'll have released a, a couple of new shows. So uh, keep your eyes and ears open for that. And uh, you know, make sure you hit those subscribe buttons wherever possible. Literally just anywhere you see a subscribe just button, just click on it. It doesn't matter subscribe what it is. Subscribe to everything. Just subscribe. And, uh, and uh, you, you, you will definitely <laughs> never miss it. <laughs> Um, if you're somebody who usually scrubs through the ads, I'd say this week would be a great week to not do that if you want to hear about some uh, new and upcoming Andrea um, shows. What? Andrea, are you, what? our listeners never scrub through the ads. No, they no, listen to no. them every week just in case else? we have something new for them, which we never well, do. <laughs> and But this week we do. And how but else the, will they get to the other half of the episode? Because that's where we keep the coordinates. And their faith shall be rewarded. That's, that's what I'm saying. They never scrub through the ads. They always that's listen right. to them very carefully. Speaking yeah. of faith being rewarded, previously on Battlestar Galactica. Uh, this episode uh, kind of slows things down a little bit. We've had a, a lot of like real high energy and high impact shows recently. Uh, some real tough topics that uh, y'all uh, got through with us, and we appreciate that. Uh, this one, the precedent doesn't seem to be doing so well. And Not Andrew, I feel like great. it's it's incredibly appropriate that with the virtual background on you, yeah. uh, you sometimes kind of ghost out a little bit. <laughs> so it's it's like you're fading in and out of reality. It's like, like just oh, no. it's like Back the to the veil, Future, but not yeah, <laughs> exactly. Quick, we got to get your parents together in 1955. <laughs> Something's got to be done about your vice president. Uh, but anyway, the uh, we get a flashback of the uh, of the. Then secretary, now president, but uh, secretary Rosalind at her doctor's office as the doctor is uh, uh, once again uh, explaining to her that she has cancer, uh, as we learned during the miniseries. I was going to uh, ask a clarifying question that I realized neither of you are going to be able to answer for me. I but mean, maybe. Do, do we get a timeline? Does it say blank months earlier, blank it does. days? Are you it positive? was like 159 days previously or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it actually been, gave us a, a very specific timeline. So it's okay. been almost 160 yeah, days. Got it. Uh, also, can we talk about how this doctor <laughs> looks like he wants to be Doc Cottle, but 20 years younger? Uh-huh. Yeah. And sounds like it too. Like, like to, to the point where... Every time I see this flashback with him, I'm like, is that supposed to be Doc Cottle? It's I, no, it's not, right? It got me this time. Like in the the miniseries when she first meets with him, like for some reason my brain, well, I, I actually know why my brain doesn't make that connection is because uh, in this watch through, I haven't met Doc Cottle yet. Um, but Correct. now that we're at this point, like, you know, halfway through the second season and we're very familiar with Doc Cottle and we go back and we see this guy I'm like, ah. Like he even still has that like that gruff demeanor that Cottle has. Like it's 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 weird, right? Like I'm not I'm not the I only just, one, right? It's it's weird. No, and in fact, I just watched it, but I'm slowly convincing myself. Are we sure it's not Cottle? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Could be Cottle. It could. Is be. it Cottle's brother? No. 
Well, that actually, that I don't know. I know for certain it's not Coddle because it would be Coddle. Yeah, uh, right. because not enough time has passed for it to not be Coddle. Yeah, he didn't uh, age twenty was... years in one hundred and fifty-nine days. That's. I mean, well, a lot of shit. I don't know how time works out here. <laughs> a lot of shit has happened, and that shit can artificially age you, but not that much. That's fair, and I mean, he not... as the only doctor apparently in the entire fleet, he is. Uh, I'm sure under some pressure. pressure. I just love that, like. Not only does he seem to be the only doctor left, but, like, all doctors in this universe are apparently just like him. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, as far as we know, <gasps> every doctor is are just all the doctors like Cylons, and this is just a Cylon model, and this is a slight variation? Yes. No? What? Maybe. <laughs> that, would, uh, that would mean a lot for this episode. Like how some Sharons are blonde? Are they? Wait, are some Sharons? One of them's got that, one of them's got that like, um, brassy, blondish. True. I mean, well, we, and some, we have seen we have seen sixes with brown hair and blonde hair. Yeah, we have. <laughs> this didn't start as a Trisha Helfer appreciation podcast, but it totally is. Oh yeah. I mean, it was it was inevitable that was what was going to happen. Let's it be was honest. always going to be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so to kind of to, to set the scene, the the doctor, not the doctor, the uh, the president is uh, gravely ill from her cancer. Uh, and she is in the the sick bay of Galactica, but she's flashing in and out of. Uh, these various scenes from her past, uh, from basically the the time before the Cylon attack. So we see her consulting with the the doctor. Uh, we see her meeting with a representative from a teachers union, uh, who you know during her time as secretary of education, the teachers are on strike. Uh, we learn a little bit about uh, President Adar, probably more than we wanted to know. Uh, Adar's a dick, uh, and. Yep. Uh, Laura and Adar are also uh, They're doing a little, it. Uh, secret on the down low. They're doing it. She's, she's... What are they doing? I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, t- we'll tell you when you're older, Caleb. It's okay. Don't worry. But I, no, when I, I, when I you're wanna, older. I want to be older now. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> no, um, I don't. I want to be no. less old. <laughs> I, I think it's worth pointing out Caleb is by far the oldest one of us. <laughs> By, By far, far, they say. Sh- <laughs> That's, if you weren't wrong, that would be incredibly rude. <laughs> yeah, I know. By far. What, what, Wait, what if you were wrong, measure? if you weren't right, I don't, words are hard. I'm just saying, Caleb's almost 40 and I'm nowhere near 40. So <laughs> you're, I'm, you're, you're closer than I am. I'm only 26. That's a blatant lie. Mm-hmm. No. We also. 26. We, we, we think we might have tracked down the online presence of another version of me. <gasps> really? Yeah. There's a Sequoia on Twitter that uh, hasn't posted since about 2014, uh, but up until they stopped, uh, it was just eerily similar enough. <gasps> like, it very clearly wasn't me, but they spoke about a lot of the same types of things oh. that it was confusing, that it felt like someone cosplaying as me until Kitsy pointed out, like, Maybe that's one of the other U's. I'm like, oh, God damn it, you're probably yep. right. And maybe, maybe maybe he stopped posting in, what did you say, 2014? Yeah. Maybe he stopped posting in 2014 because he failed his mission and died. Oh, yikes. fuck. And now it's on you. Big yikes. <laughs> <laughs> it's on me. But what is what is Whatever, like, whatever what he is came on back me? in time what? to do, he failed. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he came back in time to convince Caleb to start a Battlestar Galactica podcast. Huh? That seems well, unlikely. I mean, if know. that's the case, he also failed at that because, uh, I mean, I did start the, the podcast, but, like, nobody outside of this room convinced me to do it. 
uh, that unless, you know of. Unless they got to me through Kitsy. Uh. Do they get to you? Kitsy, you have to tell us. Otherwise, uh, it's entrapment. That's fun, right. Fun fact, Caleb, I am actually an alternate timeline of you in disguise, oh and I have been the entire time. Oh, that, that really fucks with my head. <laughs> uh, let's see. Can yeah, you Jones? tell we don't remember what happened in this episode? I know exactly what happened in this episode. Well, get us back on track, Andrea. Take us home. Uh, Roslyn's all sickly. She's like flashing back. Oh, she and Adar, that's where we were. They're yes. doing it. Doing it. And doing um, it well. <laughs> Probably not, if I had to guess, but no. that's fine. Um, <laughs> also, we this is when we finally get to actually hear Adar himself say the, the thing yeah. about being president is you don't have to explain yourself to anyone. Comfior. Uh, he was in uh, Chicago and Thor and Chronicles of Riddick. He's, he's been in uh, oh. a, a bunch. He's in Umbrella Academy recently. So... Uh, Mr. Stans, who is the, uh, the representative from the teachers union, the, the teachers oh, yeah. have been striking and, uh, ADAR has been, uh, putting the crackdown on, on this strike. Fucking uh, government it, not giving a shit about giving teachers. A shit. To the point where, uh, ADAR has even expressed that he is willing to, uh, uh, essentially, uh, I think bring in the military and, and rough these, these teachers up, um, like how many times can this show be like so timely? And like, <laughs> let's let's not respect teachers and let's you know, bring in the military against people who are like peacefully exercising constitutional rights and, and whatnot. This episode, it's also I think um, there's we'll, we'll get to it, but there's a really interesting line about how the Cylon sympathizers um, don't have a leader and they're all following an idea. It's very mm-hmm. um like uh, Antifa adjacent. There's a um, specific exchange between Stans and Roslyn that I, I that really resonates when uh, Stans says, uh, uh, "Once our chief negotiator got a billy club to the head, we figured Adar's governor had written us off as a lost cause." And Roslyn says, "I was a teacher long before I was a secretary of education, and causes are only lost when we give up." Oh, I love her. <laughs> She's so good. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. she really is great. Uh, but meanwhile, as uh, Rosalind is kind of slipping in and out of consciousness in the sick bay, um, we've got the we've got uh, Starbuck and Cat are running the the, the cap the uh, the combat air patrol. Uh, they're just getting out. They're kind of flexing. They're they're getting ready to go. <laughs> and uh, you know, Cat wants to you know just clear the clear the guns. Just fire out a few. Just make sure everything's is working great. Why? Uh, you know, just just uh, what, like literally, what does she say? Uh, clear your throat. Clear your throat. Now, here's... <laughs> permission to clear guns, and Starbucks says, "Roger that." Clear your throat. Now, here's here's the thing that I don't understand is, I know they haven't come flat out and said that ammunition is in short supply, but everything is in short supply given their current predicament. So, just flying around shooting off bullets willy billy like that. I just don't. That's not the same. I just billy nilly. I just don't see the point of that. Like I understand. I understand they needed it for the plot to advance, but I feel like there could have been a better way to do it. It's just like, hey, I'm gonna shoot some fucking bullets to nowhere. The only, I mean, just gonna waste some ammunition for fun. Like, this is literally how I view firing ranges. If we're being honest, or like in an apocalypse movie where they're like. We need to teach y'all how to shoot guns, so we're going to set up a firing range, and they just like... I mean, 
waste a bunch of ammunition just shooting at cans. I mean, you can at least argue that they're practicing, they're training, they're learning, they're developing skills. This is just cats like, I just want to shoot some fucking bullets. <laughs> I like what is she's not even shooting at anything. I mean, like, it's I not even target practice. I got the impression that it was like a testing to make sure that they do work in the event that we need them to work. I mean, I agree that it's wasteful, but it also seems like there are a lot of things they're doing on this show, not thinking about the fact that this might be their lives for the next forever. You know, yeah. that like they're not going to be landing somewhere and picking up more bullets at the local um tar god the ammo shop yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness um in this case it's probably a good thing that uh cat tested her guns at the very beginning of the the patrol rather than uh waiting till the possibility of actual combat because uh they fucking blow up Mm -hmm. there's a, a malfunction and uh one of her guns just like Basically explodes and takes out one of the wings on her uh, the Viper, and they have to uh, quickly uh, end this uh, patrol flight and get back to Galactica. <clears throat> In fact, uh, and a piece of the her Viper smashes into Starbucks windshield, uh, and we very nearly have a, uh, a, a a very big problem. Now, here's the thing: if Cat hadn't done that her gun would not have blown up and she could have continued to fly the cat but and everything would have been fine. they were on patrol and say a Cylon Raider popped on right, but, the scene. But what I'm saying is the reason we're having all these problems is because we're, we're testing so much. <laughs> oh my god like if we just slow the testing down then we won't have as many problems right isn't that how that works that's i mean that's how that works that's exactly how that works uh no in fact uh, uh to to that point there's even a, a a bit where uh lee decides to pull the cap and ties like pull the cap who authorized that and uh you know and lee's like am i the cag or not like you know whatever you want to be in charge uh but uh you know ty says something effective like you know we're 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 out out here with our pants down and and uh adama says we were defenseless before we just didn't know it until now Mm -hmm. which is a very good point yep yeah i mean imagine that adama being wise and and like seeing the big picture and correct and (sighs) god i love him so much it's almost like he's a great leader or something (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's almost like sometimes he listens to Rosalind a little too much, but otherwise, we'll, we'll get I'm there. Start, yeah, um, I have theories this week. <laughs> Good, we need yeah, them. We're gonna <laughs> need them. <laughs> but yeah, so the uh, cat and, and Starbuck land, and of course the the deck crew is going over, you know, like what happened. And Tiro's like, you know, I checked these guns myself; they were fine. Uh, until Callie, I think it is, realizes that. Uh, some of the ammunition, not all of it, just some, just a few pieces of the ammunition uh, don't feel right. They They're don't too weigh light. enough. They're too light. Uh, and they uh, realize that they like, kind of crumble and break apart. Uh, and that means that when fired, that, that ammunition that was too light would rattle around in the gun, would break apart, would jam it up, and cause the explosion that we saw, uh, which leads us to investigate... The ammunition factory, which is why they can afford to to waste bullets, because they have a fucking ammunition factory. Factory. Okay, they have an ammunition factory. Sure, fine. But 
they still have to get raw materials to make the ammunition from. From they the still, raw materials factory. They still have a limited number of people to make the ammunition. Like, just because they have a factory doesn't mean they can churn out unlimited bullets forever. No, but that that does give them a little bit of wiggle room to do things like test maneuvers. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> you don't I love have the, to like, like it. Of all the things in this show, I really, like, I want to believe that this is the point where Kitsy draws the line. I, <laughs> I know. I was fine until now, but this is where I draw the line. <laughs> uh, what happens next? We find out that bullets are bad. Now what? So we get another flashback, and uh, this time we, we do see more of uh, Rosalind and Nadar sparring. <clears throat> and, is you know, that Adar what they ref- call it now? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to continue with the, the line of thought that I was just about to go down. Um, <laughs> Adar makes a reference to the, uh, the the striking teachers being terrorists, and uh, of course that doesn't sit well with uh, with Rosalind. With the teacher? And, yeah, no. Yeah, with the teacher, and you know she tries to explain him like their pay is substandard, their schools are falling apart, and the uh, you know the strike's been gaining momentum, and you know that like. We need to at least be talking to them. And again, striking parallels to current reality of like underpaid teachers and underfunded schools and like kids not getting the education that they need. Uh, you know, this isn't a uh, all the woes of our current society podcast, but maybe it should be. But, <laughs> but it could be. <laughs> <clears throat> And, uh, of course, you know, we, we mentioned that, you know, uh, Andrea made the, the reference earlier when, you know, she's like, Don't, stop talking about me like I'm not here because she has a moment of, of flashing into constant, uh, consciousness as, uh, you know, the commander and Doc Cottle and Dr. Baltar are all kind of talking about her uh, and how she's not doing so well and she might not make it. Mm. And I said last week that, um, or the week before, I said the first half of Resurrection Ship that I don't know how you, like, that Rosalind for the show, I thought, needed to die but also still be on the show. Um, And as I was watching this episode the first time through, um, they were really setting it up for us to lose her this week. Like they really, I mean, were leaning into it. And if it were any other show, um, I would have been certain, certain. Mm-hmm. Nope. That's not where the T goes in that word. Certain <laughs> that um, I got confused, but I, I would have been certain that we were going to say goodbye to Rosalind this week. It definitely did feel like that. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they were very much preparing us that like, this is it. For, for Rosalind, and uh, of course we have the uh, the the idea that you know Baltar has to prepare to to take over the the presidency, Good and God. is he ready for that? Spoiler, he's not. <laughs> nah. Um, but then there's also this really bizarre subplot where uh, they start talking about some blood work that Doc Cottle did on Sharon's baby, and apparently uh, Cottle saw some some things that were damn peculiar. Uh, you know, he didn't say uh, definite, but damn peculiar. <laughs> I didn't say conclusive. Uh, <laughs> conclusive, thank you. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, Baltar doesn't necessarily agree. He thinks that uh, Cottle's, you know, not an expert and uh, shouldn't necessarily be be speaking so definitively on this. 
Uh, and of course, somehow that leads the president to say that, uh, well, clearly the, the baby has to die. Just now, that's it. Like, we don't learn what the abnormalities savage. were or like why they feel so dangerous. So this is one of the, those odd moments where like Rosalind very much makes the wrong call, in my opinion. Agreed. The hard but, agree. And and we, we do need to talk more about that. But I need to go back just a second because there's this moment where Cottle talks about the blood work and Adama turns to, to Baltar and says, I didn't see any this on any of your reports. And Baltar <laughs> has this like look of like the kid that didn't do his homework and is now trying to like fudge a book report for a book he didn't read. <laughs> At what point... <laughs> Is anyone other than Ty going to look at this guy and be like, you don't fucking know what you're talking about, do you? <laughs> and it's just everyone else just, gives him so much rope. Yeah. And, and well, because because um, Kyle even says, like, I'm no expert, but this is damn peculiar. And uh, and Baltar's like, well, uh, as, you know, Dr. Cuddle said, he's not an expert and I am. So <laughs> are you, though? Are you? What? He's OK. What? You're an expert. But in what? In what? Science. In bullshit. In bullshit Science. is what he's an expert he's in. A- He's in mental Cylon fucking. <laughs> I just, I love his reaction because it's just, it's so fucking like, oh, didn't do my homework. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of been Baltar. I know. Baltar in his way through this show. So I just, I just love it, just that it's, everyone just buys his bullshit constantly. It's great. My, my he has managed has to Baltar his way through so far. He really has. I feel like things are starting to... Something is shifting with Baltar. Sooner or later, his Baltar is going to run out. And then he's really going to Baltar it up. So, yeah, Rosalind kind of decides... This is not the first time in... This will not be the only time in this episode where something happens seemingly out of nowhere with no reason. And, yeah, she just kind of decides, like, well, better kill the kid. Blood work's weird. Blood's haunted. Gotta kill it. I don't, there's, there's something up with Rosalind. Like, obviously, I know, I know, and I don't think this is new. But, like, for someone who is so reasoned about so many things, so far the the evidence, so far the evidence I have is this thing with killing the baby, um, throw in what's-his-face out the airlock real quick. Um, hold on. There's a third one. Oh, and I don't know where or how this is related in my head, but she's the one who brought Xena on board the ship and gave them access into that whole thing. Uh-huh. Like this is this is all stuff. I forget what her name really. De Beers. Deanna Beers. Deanna Beers. Deanna Beers. I was like, I, I know that De Beers is a joke, and I can't remember. Diamonds why. are forever. Um, <laughs> That's right, Cylons. Um, Cylons but, uh, are forever. But, but and I know Cylon that those diamonds? things seem incongruous. Like it doesn't make sense that if there's some something going on with her, that the things that I'm building up for my case um, are trying to kill the baby, shooting what's face out the airlock, and then inviting um, Deanna on board. But there's, I think. I just won't be surprised if we find out that Rosalind is, in fact, although I guess maybe the blood thing puts 
Um, let's save this for the end because I want to wait till we have everything okay. and then we can come back to it. I'm sorry. Okay. <clears throat> well, and knowing what uh, Baltar thinks that he knows about this child, <laughs> which is mostly what uh, the the six has fed him in his in his brain hole, mm-hmm. uh, he, he's frantically trying to find a way to save the child, uh, you know, which he has been led to believe is somehow his child. We won't get into that. Um, and he's like, you know, obviously her like, you know, her illness is affecting her judgment. And Dom is like. She seemed pretty coherent to me, mm. which no, she didn't. Like she mm-hmm. was definitely drifting in and out of consciousness. So we, I guess we have to assume that he's referring to like before she ended up in sick bay and she made this uh, proclamation. I don't know, uh, but then <laughs> I love this. Well, then I'll have to appeal to you on scientific grounds. Destroying the child would seriously impact my studies of the Cylon subspecies. Which, like, that's not his accent, but that's the best you're going to get right now from I, me. <laughs> worked for me. They're also, a, are they a sub Is that his direct line? I missed that. Yeah, that's his direct, direct line. They're, that's not... He's bad at science, yes. I think. Yes, he is. He's very like, bad at it. What does he mean, sub... Or he's bad at... Like, Baltar... I don't even remember what he's actually known for. Like, or. what... Or... Does Baltar know something that we don't? He can't possibly. Have you seen that I man? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to fuck with you, but <laughs> I today you shall not be fucked with. <laughs> if it were anybody else, maybe, but uh, I'm hip to Baltar's I, I job. Wanna, I want to feel like I, I, I want to say like Baltar is like a Silicon Valley, uh, like he he started. He's got a he he's he's famous because he's got like a startup. That talks about like all the security that they do, but they can't really explain how or what they do. But they just do security, like, and so companies give very him disruptive. like yeah, and companies give him like millions of dollars for his security solutions and the government contracting for security solutions. But he's really just got nothing. He's a fucking charlatan, and now he's just riding on that. Like that's what but, it feels like to me. But like yes, right? I mean, I know no, but also kinda. I mean that. Makes him a very realistic character. Yeah. <laughs> In my head, I've been imagining that he's just, he was just like Elon Musk, but maybe like five years ago. Like, not quite at, but like, yeah, you know am what? I wrong? That's a very, he is very Elon Musk, isn't he? He's Muskian. He's very muscular. No, that doesn't work. Musk esque? Nope. <laughs> I just, he's a muskrat. I, I do, and like I love that you use the 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 frame of reference for Elon like five years ago because roughly five years ago we didn't know how like completely insane Elon Musk was, and it right. still seemed like he was going to do good shit for us. Like he seemed more like Stark and less like Luther. Yeah, but like important, <laughs> to, but it's important to note that like Elon Musk, who gets hailed as this genius, is not actually the one responsible for any of the technology. No, well, that's in, in what SpaceX I mean. or in Tesla, like he just he he's just funding it. So, like, while yes, that's an important thing. Like, he's not like he's not the one designing the fucking rockets and the electric cars, right? And, and I feel well, like Baltar is the mean, same is, thing. What was this is like? This is a genuine question, and I understand that maybe nobody here can answer it. What was he doing? What was he doing before Hilo um, rescued him? Made him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I Betraying mean, the we we know <laughs> like, that he had some some kind of contract with the defense, like the Department of Defense on Caprica. 
and we know he's a doctor of something. But that's not science. Well, I mean, he's I guess like doctor computer, of science gets you. <laughs> but is he like a computer scientist then? Because he was the one who gave six access to all the stuff. He wasn't doing like, like, like meat science, right? Like body science. Well, to, to be meat to be science. fair, to, to be, be fair, fair. Uh, <laughs> as a computer scientist, and Cylons are part computer. It kind of works. I would. <laughs> Sure. I would argue that uh, the majority of computer science coursework is massively outdated compared to whatever is the current uh, mm-hmm. like new technology that is being actively used in uh, you know modern workplaces and whatnot, uh, and especially uh, like computer science courses would be more relevant to government work, which presumably will say that's what guys did. Uh, which would make him more familiar with dated computer systems, which would mean he would understand where a fucking disk goes and how to like turn off a computer. <laughs> That's and what we I know mean that too. he doesn't know those things. At okay. the very least, at the very least, he should understand how to turn. That's what I mean. What was Baltar okay. doing? Okay, I figured it out. I figured it out. I figured it Go out. On. He was outside of the government building one day. <laughs> you know, the government building, the building where yeah. all the government is. Yeah. And, Obviously. Uh, and someone came up to him and was like, oh, hey, aren't you Gaius Baltar? And he's like, yeah. No, yeah, I'm Dr. Gaius Baltar. And they're like, cool, For come sure. with us. We have, like, and he's just been fucking bullshitting it ever since. He's not even <laughs> Gaius Baltar. He just kind of looks like him. Like and him. he's just been fucking riding on that lie the entire time. I just oh my wouldn't God. be surprised. What happened to the real Gaius Baltar? He Ooh. ate him. Oh. <gasps> Andrea, please leave all that silence in when you edit this together. <laughs> oh, for sure. I, I love that that's the thing that renders us all speechless. <laughs> Never in my life have I been speechless. But or, I mean, I mean, any any number of things that the, the real Gaius Baltar died uh, in in the in the attack on Caprica, whatever. Um, oh shit, we had multiple Dreda's contacts. We're gonna go ahead and take a quick commercial break. Uh, we will be right back. At, uh, listen to for the jump coordinates, and we'll see you at the rendezvous point. <laughs> It's it's been two weeks. I forget how to podcast. <laughs> Mindless monsters once thought human filled the streets. A corrupt government threatens the lives of the people it's meant to serve. This sounds a little too familiar. Is this real life? Or a video game you can play for fun? Shift Talk Q, Night Shift Radio's newest original production, is your LGBTQ centered source for creative and thoughtful discussions and news at the intersection of gaming, diversity, and community. You can expect unboxings, game reviews, let's plays, community nights, celebrations of what video games are doing right, critical conversations about where the gaming industry needs to do better, and so much more. Be the first to know when new episodes drop by following us on Twitter and Instagram at NSR Shift Alt Q. And on Twitch at Shift Alt Q to join the community. For more information about Shift-Alt-Q, visit nightshiftradio.com. Hi, I'm Sarah Sweeney, host of the new podcast, Latchkey Kids. Right now, we're all at home, left to our own devices without any adult supervision. Each weekish, I'll talk to my fellow Latchkey Kids about what they're up to, how they're wasting time, and, because I can, make them perform a dramatic reading of a TV show theme song. So join me wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Michael Fight, and I'm here with a brand new show called Fight Jokes About Everything. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're going to bring up a brand new topic, something that's hot on the internet because, because I live on the internet. And we're going to take those silly things and we're going to joke about them. And we're going to, you know, talk a little bit about the history of them and talk about why the internet is such a terrible but wonderful place. So please join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for this brand new Night Shift Radio original. For more information, go to nightshiftradio.com. And of course, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Report! Sit rep! Sit rep. <laughs> I felt good. I never bring us back. We are adrift in space, directionless, and without meaning. That's our sit rep. So, as we mentioned, uh, Gaius is, is pretty frantic about saving this child. Frantic enough that uh, after an uh, undisclosed amount of time uh, without an appearance from uh, the six in his head, she comes back. Hold on. And hold on. I'm hold holding. on. Hold on. I just it, it just occurred to me that this doctor of whatever he is, supposed best <laughs> smartest scientist in the fucking universe thinks that a baby that is being carried by a woman that he himself did not have sex with uh-huh, is somehow uh-huh. the child of him and another woman who's inside of his head that is not the woman carrying the child. He is very bad at science. Family is complicated is the thing. I understand, but he is very bad at science. Sometimes family is who you choose, and he's chosen this baby to be his. (laughs) right. I don't think you can just choose a baby to be yours. Like, I don't think that's how that works. Pretty sure it is. Anyway, I'm sorry, Um, I derailed us again. Where were we? Uh, so Baltar is, uh, is being visited again by the, the six in his head. And, uh, of course she's very concerned about the baby, uh, because, you know, it's our child guys. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not even kind of like, yeah, that, it, <laughs> it's just like, it's he's not, like, like clearly she's, she's been gone for a while because he's been fawning over the like actual physical three dimensional, uh, I, I think her name was Gina, if I remember Gina, correctly, yeah. the, uh, the Cylon that was the, the prisoner on the, the Pegasus that he helped escape. Like he's decided that like, he's going to direct his affections back at a tangible version of this woman that he loves, um, and so, like, the one in his head has been, you know, been absent for a while. He's like, oh, now you're concerned. <laughs> and she's like, well, for your information, the president <laughs> wants to kill the baby. <laughs> Once Rosalind's gone, you'll be president. You can use your, your new authority to save our child. Our child. Because <laughs> I know and that, like... <laughs> my caricature right there does no justice to her acting because she's... You know what? I don't have I mean, to say it. We know she's phenomenal. We we all know that that no one she's can hold a candle so, to her. She's so good. She's so good. I also she's so I, good. I love the the little scene here too, where she grabs him by the tie and he kind of grabs it too, uh-huh. and the camera kind of spins around, and then she's just gone, and he's just holding his own tie. Yeah. Like that is such <laughs> a clever <laughs> little thing. There yeah. is He's always some unwell. like poor Marine or like random <laughs> deckhand or something like that who happens to be walking by and seeing him in the middle of one of his fantasies and just like, 
not it's always ask. only ever one person too like i feel like oh and there goes caleb i really have so much more room to work with in this room i can <laughs> so much I can room for fully activities. <laughs> there's so much room for physical comedy now on our audio only medium uh, uh, whose fault is that that it's audio only that's how podcasts work um I pointed at Kitsy, but you can't tell because of the way the camera works. I also, yeah. I like... Um, I'm pointing too. Shame. I, I like the... Okay, first of all... <laughs> no, you know what? I don't need to explain myself to you. I feel the need to explain my art to you, Warren. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, I have a face for radio, so here we are. This um, is a podcast. That's... Mm. <laughs> oh, that was genuine annoyance. Here's the thing is I really want like a sub story, like a spinoff where it's just the same Marine always encountering Baltar in these weird <laughs> moments. Yes! And, he, and he's the only one only who one. ever sees it and is trying to convince everyone like this dude's fucking crazy. <laughs> well, that's what I mean is all you need is for one of these people to interact with another one and be like, you saw that shit, right? And I feel like his whole thing. And then one of them would be like, what is he even a doctor of? And then his whole thing would just unravel. Just or, down. With his luck, the way it would work out is they'd be like, oh, you know how geniuses are. They're a little eccentric and they just kind of oh, like hand wave it away. That's absolutely has been getting away with it. This is not to devalue either of these positions. I am just still trying to make sense of this. Do we know, is he even a doctor, like an MD doctor or a PhD doctor? I've, has that ever been made clear? I, I want to say he's probably a PhD doctor because an MD doctor well, would make What is he doing with blood? <laughs> <laughs> you could be a PhD in biology. I don't that's know true. if that's true. Well, <laughs> I guess we should ask a biologist. Yeah. Six six plants an idea in, in Baltar's head. Like you already have the resources at your disposal that you need. If you really want to disrupt some shit, you know, not just Silicon Valley disruption, but like really disrupt. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It wasn't that long ago. And she she reminds him. Of, uh, and we get a little bit of a flashback to it, which is great, uh, of the time that he asked the commander for a fucking nuclear warhead. How did he forget? He yeah. just had that lying around. That's, okay, yeah, that's a very good point. If you are in possession of a nuclear fucking warhead, you do not just forget that you have that. Yep. I, I will counter with he forgot because he didn't actually need it. He was being played the whole time by Six, who was yeah. doing the long game to get to this point where there was going to be a reason why he would need to leverage that warhead against the fleet. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. He didn't need it. But still, if I had a nuclear warhead in my closet, it would be the only thing I could think yeah. about oh, every waking moment sure. of every day until there was no longer a nuclear warhead in my closet. Exactly. Sure. That's you and, like, most... Logical people, mo like most humans, but not Gaius Baltar. <laughs> he's thinking of literally anything else. He's, so Gaius he's, is a human. If I that nuclear warhead were a woman, he would be thinking about it all the time. Well, he would be that fucking it all the time. Is what he would be doing, <laughs> well, or trying to anyway. I was gonna say I don't know how much fucking Gaius is doing. He's doing a lot of thinking about it for sure. <laughs> Well, he definitely, he definitely hooked up a Starbucks once. We know that much. Mem oh, my God. That's right. I forgot. 
Remember that time Starbuck walked in on him fucking a lab table? Can we, <laughs> like... And that was before she had sex with him, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. Starbuck. Starbuck is one of those people who should know better. Like, come on. You're, yeah, absolutely that was before. This girl. I mean, we have covered this before, though. Like, your options aren't necessarily <laughs> great true. at this point. There are less than 50,000 people I total, mean, and they're spread amongst however many ships. Baltar. He's there. <laughs> I so, mean, th- so think, Apollo. Think, think about it like, this way. You're yeah, Starbucks. Yeah, you want to get laid. Baltar is a sure thing. <laughs> it's true. Like, I guess that's what, true. Like, there is literally no effort involved in yeah, I guess if you're Starbuck and you're like, I need to get laid. You're right. I was misreading the situation because it's not like she doesn't know he's a moron. She's yeah. just not that's just not on her list of priorities personality. The said geezer transcript for this episode is the perfect analogy for how I feel this uh like not only the, this episode of the show, but kind of this episode of the podcast uh, progresses. Um, because once again, it starts out very normal where we get a, a pretty decent line-by-line-by-line by line by line separation. Uh, right about here where we are in the episode, everything compresses into one giant paragraph. Uh, and it takes up roughly this much space on the page. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like we're at a point where we can be like, so this happened and this happened and this happened. And like, here we are. Yeah. This is definitely <laughs> one of those episodes, right? It's not like, super plot heavy. There's a bomb. Just oh, suddenly that... progresses quickly. Yeah. So the, the, the uh. bomb turns out to be important. Uh, because there, there's a bit of a subplot where there's a, uh, a essentially like a, an insurrection going on amongst the, uh, the fleet. That's, you know, we get back to the, the uh, ammunition that had been, uh, that was wrong. It was, it was too light. And we find out that there's this kind of like separatist group, this group of Cylon sympathizers uh, who think that we just need to make peace with the Cylons and the, they'll leave us alone, which, wow, that's really misguided. Um, <laughs> and so, <clears throat> you know, one of them has been sabotaging the ammunition. Uh, one of them sets off a, uh, a bomb on the... Uh, the, the Tillium refinery ship, so like their their fuel refinery. There's these incidents uh, that keep happening, and yeah, you know, there there some kind of throwaway scenes of like interrogating a like supposed leader of this uh, of this uh, resistance movement uh, who's just like, ah, there is no leader. You can take me out, but you'll never stop us. Sort of like you know, it's, we've heard the story before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we do learn is that our old friend Gina. Is uh, is hanging out over on uh, I think over on Cloud Nine. Cloud Nine and uh, is kind of pulling some strings behind the scenes. Oh yeah, and I is. I don't necessarily understand why she thinks that like like creating like a Cylon sympathy movement is going to work, but I do kind of like that she's created this like she's she's like puppet mastering behind yeah. the scenes and like she's really That's fucking a very good sex at it. Thing to do. Yeah, she's not actually calling for peace with the humans, right? That's not Gina's. I mean, as far as we know, that is what she's doing, but like that doesn't seem right. It doesn't I mean, seem right. There's always an ulterior motive with six, right? Like that's as far as we know. As far as Gina's sex, six we really know is the one who lives in Baltar's head, um, who is very manipulative and doesn't always and, mean what she does and says. For, 
Right, and we're still not positive that it's not just him. Baltar being Baltar, right? Like just Baltar in his way through life. Exactly. Um How what's up with blood? Is blood shapes? <laughs> blood. Okay. Th- thank you. Can we talk about how when Gaius like explains the blood by drawing it, he draws octagons? Well, he does one octagon and one sexagon. Septagon? He does he does do hexagon. a hexagon. No, wait, hexagon. Hexa- hexagon. Hexa- the human blood yeah. is hexagon and the silent blood is octagon or something like Obviously. that. I, I, I saw that because he like sort of overlaps them, but they're different shapes. Yeah, isn't that the... That's the whole thing, right? That's the whole thing. Like, is octagons are the key to everything. But what is... Is blood shapes? Molecules well, have shapes. Is human blood... Is human blood in a, a hexagon? Hey, no. Siri. Blood is a liquid. <laughs> is human blood a hexagon? Okay. I found this on the web for is human blood a hexagon. Check it out. Doesn't help. Doesn't help. So, yeah. So, th- there's this this whole subplot of the uh, the Cylon sympathizers. And we learn that Gina is uh, kind of pulling the strings behind the scenes. And uh, Gaius goes to, to visit her. And he, he tries to get it on. And is very insensitive about the fact that she's just been through some severe trauma. And she's I like, couldn't... fucking no. And he's like, blah, but I'm gonna. And she I'm apologizes to him. Oh, mm. God, I hate that scene. Like, but in the end, God. He, he realizes, like, the, uh, the, the best course of action for him is to give her the atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. Hey, she can I, potentially let's use give the Cylons her. a nuke. Yeah. That's a good idea. The the ones that I've, have been slowly picking apart our fleet from the inside out. Let's give them a nuke to like destroy us in large quantities again. I've been watching the show long enough that I think I'm Team Cylon at this point, and I'm kind of <laughs> I mean, into Gina I, having a weapon of mass destruction. I've been human long enough that I'm kind of Team <laughs> Cylon too. Also, yes, yeah. Um. As opposed to me, who is famously not a human, uh, but I'm also still very Team Cylon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's agree. also important to point out there's that scene where uh, Lee and some other folks are out in a raptor, and I, I forget why they're looking for something, and then they hear some some bullshit over the wireless, and uh, then the Tilium ship blows up part of it. Oh no! They they get a tip that uh, there is going to be an incident on the the Tillium refinery, so they they're going to like investigate and try to f- locate and disarm the bomb. But then, like over the wireless, the person starts spouting their manifesto and like you know we'll be remembered and like blah 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 the, for the for the for the Cylons for the horde the for the horde. <laughs> and uh, there's an explosion, and they just manage to get out of the way as a, a body goes floating by. Um, but yeah, it's this this kind of like rapidly escalating series of, I mean, let's call it what it is this terrorist attacks uh, amongst the fleet, and you know that's what what leads to the uh, the investigation against uh, the like kind of bullshit leader. <laughs> um, but then we have to wrap up because it's a TV show. We have to find a way to wrap up the plot about the baby blood and. It turns out that Doc Cottle did read it wrong all along, and only Gaius Baltar could truly understand 
that the blood is actually the one thing that can save Laura Rosalind's life. Okay, okay, just okay. before they take okay. S- okay. Sharon in to kill the baby. Okay, hold on. Okay, okay. He, so, okay. One of the things the 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 the, the quote unquote reason this works, as Baltar says, is because it has no blood type. That's why Cottle thought it was odd because there's no blood type. It's just blood. Uh, which okay, fine. I'll you know, sure. Here's the thing that gets me is that he says that he figured out that it kills the president's cancer because he put some of the blood blood Blood. on uh, on the like in the president's like a a blood some of the president. He's basically like, I'm going to mix these bloods together and And see what happens. happens. What the fuck are you doing? He's not a real doctor. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. I, I'd have no other... How do you test blood with blood? I guess you mix it up, see what happens. Like, but, like, why would you even do that in the first place? Like, well, let's see what thing, happens if I mix the bloods. Like, And wh- the thing that gives him the whatever to do it is when Gina hits him, he, he ends up with some blood on his fingertips and looking at blood gives him the good idea to it just it's like gina with the soap in the bathroom all over again (laughs) (laughs) and now now i gata up to this week i don't trust him i love this show so much yes and and i i still do and i always will but this is one plot device in the show that i've never liked where it's like the president's near death and all of a sudden, oops, we figured out how to save her by just injecting blood into her. Well, it's like I said last week, two weeks ago or whatever, that like they needed, the stakes needed to feel real. And the way they did that was like, she would have died if Gaius hadn't done this weird blood thing. So I, I, I get that. But I also just, Gaius has cured cancer. Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's like, like that's the thing. <laughs> One injection of fucking Cylon baby blood, and all of a sudden she's like, "Well, I'm back to normal. Cancer's gone." Well, it takes her 48 hours. Here's why I love this use of this plot device. Uh, and uh, while I agree with you, it's absolutely ludicrous. And like, that is know, what I love about it. But yes. <laughs> any additional level of thought could probably have come up with a, a better solution. But here's why I love it. Humanity has been at war with the Cylons for however long before the, the armistice, and then the Cylons come back, and they fuck shit up. They, like, the Cylons are our mortal enemies. Everyone fucking hates the Cylons, and Laura Rosalind is no exception, despite her attempts to, uh, to come to grips with the like, personhood of the, uh, the humanoid Cylons, uh, and despite her being, in general, a pretty good person, like she still fucking hates the Cylons and wants to see them all dead. And it is the blood of a human-Cylon hybrid that saves her life when she has propped herself up as the dying leader that's going to lead them to the, you know, the the, the promised land, so to speak. She's going to lead them to Earth. And, like, here she is literally on her deathbed. She's not going to make it. She's not going to see that promised uh, prophecy fulfilled. Uh, And it is fucking human-Cylon hybrid blood that saves her life. And, like... What a fucking slap in the face it yeah. is to any human in this show oh, that yeah. that would be what saves their life. And well, that's and why I love this. Uh, that said, I completely agree with you. I, I, I Yeah, I'm with both of you on both. Uh, absolutely. I have a lot of thoughts about the blood. 
Rosalind and to uh, a lesser extent Adama, who is like they put his you know staked his faith and his reputation on uh, Rosalind's uh, own like faith and beliefs. Uh, Rosalind has staked so much on the scrolls of Pythia seeming to be correct and accurately predicting her course of action and like her part to play in this. Uh, and like, are we going to find out like this completely disrupts that and like throws that out the window and like, what does, what does Rosalind do now? Uh, or like, is there some other surprise twist where she still fulfills those scriptures? And, right. But, we didn't like, read the whole not, thing. It's not the cancer. Like, you know, yeah, did you read the whole the whole book? Or are you just like going line by line and like, yep, this works, this works, this works. Uh, yep. uh, this uh, doesn't fit. Uh, just... Oh no! Like, we look over here. That works. And, you know, the, all of uh, all of Alosha's like handwritten notes in the margin. Like, <laughs> exactly. how many? Like, did she write anything about uh, you know the dying well, leader having uh, well, you know a momentary like remission? Let me uh, <laughs> right, let me, exactly. let me throw this at you. Alosha was the dying leader because she done died, leading she them done die. to, to the tomb of Athena, which led them to Earth. That's true. That welcome to Earth. <laughs> like legit, I had never thought about that. I had yeah. to until just now, and I was like, actually, <laughs> you're like, I thought I was just saying some bullshit, but who knows? That's actually a really interesting idea. Because like, because uh, part I don't I don't really remember how much the scrolls of Pythia play a part going forward. No. In the show. But part of me kind of wants it to never be brought up again. Like they just, just ah, like, now we're well, done. That didn't play out too well for us. <laughs> Here's the thing about the blood, though. I mean, there are a lot of things about the blood. Um, <laughs> it's blood. gross. But <laughs> the first thing about blood is ew. Um, but the <laughs> things you got to know about blood. Number one, ew. Ew. Number two, but, if you take all of it out of somebody, they die. They die. You take most of it out of someone and they die. You don't even need to take all of it. Yeah. I don't even think most of it. I think you should take like enough. Like you just like, need to take enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Enough. That's the measurement. So, okay. But for real, Gaius is like, you know, he's explaining the blood stuff and he says something about them being very like they're almost indistinguishable, but they have to be slightly different because obviously Cylons aren't human. So the thing that makes... Cylon spine glow and ruins their peripheral vision is stop sign versus hexagon blood. Apparently, <laughs> if all that makes a Cylon different from a human is this one aspect, and if a, a Cylon baby, which Rosalind thinks we should kill, is just somebody who has this weird blood, Rosalind has the same blood as the Cylon baby now, so she's no different. Hexagonal like is, blood. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. So what you're saying is <laughs> Rosalind is now a Cylon baby. Rosalind's now a hybrid at the very least. This is this is hybridity in action, and she can't. It. Mm, They're all kind of I, babies about the Cylons. Let's be honest. I I. <laughs> I just am very if, interested to see how she deals with this. I wonder if it's like a vampire, where like you you get bit. You know, she got a little bit of blood injected. Now she starts to yeah. turn into a Cylon. And next thing, very slowly. Next, and next thing you know, she's like, "Kill all humans." I like. Next thing you know, Gaius comes up like down a hallway a little too quickly, and she like jumps. She startles, and Gaius is like, "What's?" Gaius is like, "What's wrong?" She's like, "I don't know." Just suddenly, I have really hard time seeing just anything that isn't directly in front of me. My periphery is just. Hey, do you guys have any thicker shirts? 
like one that maybe light couldn't shine through. <laughs> there's no there's no sun in space, right? How's that work? Specifically, there are lots of suns in space. <laughs> they're yeah. all suns. Space they're all suns. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean like there are no suns not in space. Space, that's true. You think about uh, that. Uh, what I, what I, what I mean is, is I kind is, of forgot we're recording a podcast. <laughs> just wait, we, oh shit, shit, we are. <laughs> um, it, what I mean, like but the shirt joke was because the glowing spine. That was the joke I was trying to. Oh, make. I yes. thought it was because vampires. I forgot what we were. Talking. Oh, that makes sense too. Yeah, I see how you could garlic. <laughs> Is that anything? <laughs> Silence hate garlic. Silence do hate garlic. It's that's a known fact. But they um, love God, and I'm, vampires. I'm sorry, no one, don't? no one laughed at my chupacabra joke, and I'm very. Oh, I missed chupacabra. I chupacabra. Is that it. anything? <laughs> or or chalupacabra? Uh, chalupacabra. I feel God in this mess hall tonight. <laughs> <laughs> So Andrew, I feel like I had real things about this episode, and now I just want to talk about Rosalind being a vampire. I want to talk about Chalupa Cabra. <laughs> I want to talk about Bird Lube now. Okay. Hey, Ethan, um, can you draw me a Chalupa Cabra? He could, and Ethan he doesn't would listen. If, if you ask nicely. He drew me a Velosa, uh, sorry, a Velociraptor once. Did he? <laughs> yes, I still have it. Aww. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to message him right now. Um, but Andrew, earlier in the episode. Um, because you know we we've covered our, our condensed second half plot here. Uh, earlier in the episode, you said you had theories and you had thoughts about uh, the the show up until this point, and I want to hear them. Um, and I don't care if anyone else does. Thanks, Caleb. Because um, I want. one of them one of them is a lot about blood. To be, blood. it's just like this really. <sighs> Also, I said this already a little bit, but according to Gaius, all that separates Cylons from humans is this tiny little blood differ, like different blood thing. But like there are things way more specific than that that separate humans from other humans. Like, Mm -hmm. do you know, like Cylon. So so for him to use the phrase subspecies is not. It's interesting to me because he's not all that wrong in that way, if that's how we're defining it. Um, And I'm interested at how these lines have to change now that we have, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that Sharon's baby is going to be born, that we are going to see human hybrid, that human Cylon hybrid, if human and Cylon is not all that different, hybrid must be even... I'm just really, really interested to see what happens with that. Um, Something else is, um, I don't have a theory about this yet, but there were a few scenes in this episode that felt as if they were being played as insignificant, but will come back to be significant. When Hilo and Adama are talking about the fact that Rosalind has said the baby has to die, and Hilo says something like, Adama says, like, you're a soldier, and Hilo says, I'm a father, same as you, but Mm -hmm. I guess it's easier um, when you call the baby, when you call call it a Cylon, something Mm -hmm. like that, Um, which is lending some sort of it's it's making me feel more certain about my um theory that maybe lee is a cylon no that that's something that will be that obviously hilo doesn't know that and i don't know that adama does but i almost i don't know i'll be interested to to figure out 
what all that's about. It's also possible just because Sharon's baby is the first one, as far as we know, to be born a hybrid doesn't mean that it is the first one, right? What if we learn that Zach was a Cylon and after failing basic flight but still going out on his, his inaugural flight and dying, he really downloaded into the, the resurrection ship and he comes back. It's like, surprise, motherfuckers. <laughs> I just wouldn't be surprised. I think, though, my... This is such a... I wish I knew who all the Cylons were. That would make this so much easier You'll for me. You'll find out eventually. Because <laughs> I want to find out that... I would love to find out that... Adama's wife was a Cylon that Adama didn't know and that Lee at the very least is a hybrid. I just wouldn't be or I guess that doesn't need to be the case. I, no, that doesn't work for me. Woo, what does death mean to a hybrid? Presumably That's a very good question. Presumably actual death because there has to be right. a pre-existing body for for them to like upload into or you know, And what is being uploaded or downloaded if all that is different is their blood is shaped a little different. So this is one of those things where I actually know the answer, but I, I, I can't get into it because yeah. it will be massively spoiler. Okay. But you will learn uh, what the significance is uh, of your, your questions right now. Uh, and I hope they're as exciting to you as I, I think that they will be. Ooh. <laughs> How about we just watch every episode right now real quick? Okay, we'll just finish. You, you know what? We'll watch all the rest of the series and uh-huh. we'll do like one more big episode and just wrap no, it up. No, that no. That sounds great. <laughs> but, I love that. But, but here's what I think we should do. Hmm. Caleb, I think you should come to Philly. Mm-hmm. We'll all quarantine together. Okay. Mm-hmm. And over the course of a week, we'll just fucking all day long, oh we'll my just God. crank out. Don't we'll watch one. We'll podcast. We'll watch another. Watch we'll podcast. Don't. It would take more than me. a week, I think, to do that. How long would it take? Still needs to be like sleep and eat breaks and whatnot. And nope. Oh, nope. Mate. Nope. I mean, we 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 could eat while we watch your eye. Right? Like, yeah. And yeah. we can sleep while we record. I do it all the time. <laughs> it's perfect. I nod off for five to ten minutes at a time all the time. It's great. Uh, honestly, that sounds great. I love that. Good. Glad we got it all figured out. Okay. I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow. You, you've perfect. got time off for the holidays, right, Caleb? Actually, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Just hop in your car and uh, mm-hmm. get all right. Your friend Caleb doesn't drive. I've been look. You well, I'm on my way. It's fine. I'll come. Well, well I'm cat sitting. But soon as I'm done, you'll swing by St. Louis on your way I'll to just, Philly from New Jersey. I'll just swing by real quick. I'll grab you on the way to Kidsies, and we're good to go. Perfect. Okay. Good. <laughs> I just want to watch all the show. I know. I know. But at least now you can watch the next episode. <sighs> I, I, I'm. I'm trying to think if there's anything. That I actually do want to have on the record for moving forward. But I don't think funny blood shape. Um, <laughs> there's some shit going on with Rosalind that I still haven't whatevered. I think there's something going on with the flashbacks. I don't know what, but there's and I don't know if maybe this is just me coming from a lost angle where I can't watch a flashback without thinking <laughs> that there's some kind of time fuckery going on. Um, time fuckery. Yeah, that's the official term. Um, but I just want to put that out there. I have no good reason for it. These are just like gut feelings that I have. Um, but I don't think, yeah, no, I'm really excited that our universe is growing, that there are more characters. Um, I'm assuming we'll get more from the crew of, uh, the Pegasus. And I hope we go find the rest of their, their part of the fleet that's just marooned somewhere as far as we know, right? 
Yeah, what the fuck happened to them? Well, they did. Yeah. Well, we don't know that though, right? As far as I, as far as I know, they've only shot two families, and it's only been. Yeah, but they left. They left them without FTL drives and weapons. They did. If the silence so, care like, we if the silence that, care enough to kill all humans. Well, to be looking for <laughs> just is some, Bender a Cylon? Bender is definitely a Cylon. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, we know for sure that they, the fleet that um, Rosalind had to make the very painful decision to leave behind because they didn't have FTL drives. We know that the Silence jumped in and, and, well, we presume that the Silence killed them because we know that that's what they were doing at the time. They were killing people. Wait, who? Uh, I don't remember what? that. When, uh, like, the, 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 the miniseries when the uh, um, Lee was with Rosalind on... Uh, on Cloud Nine, and they had to, or sorry, on uh, Colonial One, and they had to do the, the fake EMP. To oh, when Lee died them, and, and was they, redownloaded and can't God. Yeah, and they they jumped away, and the, not, all the uh, the non FTL uh, ships were like, "You can't leave us here. What are you doing?" And like it was oh, very heartbreaking. Oof, and one of them I was forgot the, about that. The garden ship with the little girl who's like, "I'm oh, here with my right. grandma and grandpa." <laughs> They're like, "Yep, have fun with that." And kept Caprica City. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> um, so we we presume that they're all dead, and if a similar situation happened when uh, Kane intentionally left ships behind without FTL drives, uh, we can presume that they're probably also dead. Yeah, I wonder if that's or true. Are they? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. I'm just interested. Either way, we've got at least one ship full of people that I don't know much about. So. So. All this said, we we know now that the uh, the president seems to be recovering from her cancer, so uh, something might come of that. We we no longer have a, a dying leader; we have a, a leader in remission. Uh, but there's still the uh, the threat of this uh, Cylon sympathizing uh, insurgency throughout the fleet, and now they have a nuclear warhead. Um, I I don't want to. I I feel the need to point out the president's not in remission. The cancer's fucking gone. Like it disappeared instantly, according to Doc Cottle. Well, it he's took never a few seen hours. anything like it. Yeah, but the cancer's gone. Apparently, just one one little injection of Cylon blood, gone. No more cancer. The more I think about this, the more I'm mad about it. She's. We don't know what Cylon blood. So we is. should stop thinking about it, and we should spool up the FTL drives Ooh. and jump to, to our next location. And we'll see you next week. So say we all. So say we all. Silent blood is bullshit. Doesn't clear your hand. Say so say we all. So say we all. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. Set condition one is a night shift radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.